You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello and welcome to Indie Ninjas Attack, your secret guide to music industry domination for indies, managers, and artists. Powered by Indie.Ninja, the freelance platform for the music business. I'm your host, Matt Bacon of Dropout Media. And on these podcasts, we will be having real, practical conversations with some of the most respective names in the business. From the studio to marketing, we'll get you covered. On today's episode of Indie Ninjas Attack, we will be talking to my friend, Matthias Bluthorn, former marketing director international for Sony, where he was responsible for the international marketing of all of Sony's catalog and artists. This guy knows so much. It's truly insane. He's starting a new label with our friend Ben Voss, uh, who used to be A&R at Sony Metal, called Circular Wave. So really interesting stuff, a lot of very granular stuff, very interesting to kind of go behind the scenes with someone who is really one of his generation's great music industry minds. So a lot of gems in here. Pay attention. Let's get into the show. So I'm honored to be here today with uh, Matthias Bluthorn, um, record label I don't even know how to describe it. How would you introduce yourself, Matthias? <laughs> Hi, Matt. Um, yeah, how to introduce myself? So I'm, I'm probably a music enthusiast, you could say. Um, yeah, I mean, at least for the two decades of my life, also on uh, what, when it comes to my professional side of life. But um, it really comes from the heart. Uh, so it's it's it was my own enthusiasm for music uh, which which brought me there and and I stayed there because I loved it and I, I still do um and I'm 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 not so much about titles uh mm-hmm. because I actually think there are too many of those especially with the major record labels um sometimes not really revealing what you actually do day to day <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just I just love what 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 I've been doing over the last two decades, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a life goal. And, and and so, what have you been doing? Um, when I started uh, in the well, music industry is an ugly word, but that's basically what it is. Um, after a few internships, a little bit on the touring side of life. I came to Sony Music Columbia in the national department, uh, took care of an external label, which is now part of Sony Music. 
Um, but quickly, what label was that? Uh, the label's name was For Music. I remember that. Ah, you heard of that? Okay, because yeah. it's it's a very German label. Um, only signing, well, or used to be like that. That they only sign uh, German acts. That changed in the meantime. Um, but after like one year or so, um, I swapped uh, sides and. Uh, joined the international team and I mean to, to, to shed some light here every single company in every single country probably is a little special in itself like how they're structured and uh, Germany being one of the bigger music markets uh, in the world we had our own solution which was like um, over the last couple of years at least we had one big department for all of international That means all incoming repertoire um, from all genres, all labels, all countries. So it was a comparably bigger team. And uh, we, we took care of everything uh, which, which came in. And uh, our task was to make that successful in the German marketplace. That happened over the, over the um, biggest parts of my Sony music career. Uh, the last two years, or slightly more than two years, I then went back to the Columbia label um, because we didn't have this international department anymore. All labels, or at least most of them, worked both domestic and international artists. And uh, yeah, I had a team of product managers. I used to be a product manager myself when I started out. And... Um, And always loved it and still love it to be very hands-on and uh, not only look at figures and Excel sheets, but really meet the artists, speak to the artists, speak to the artist cam managements, meet the artist out there when he's when he's on tour, uh, because I really believe it's, it's, it's very important to, to get a good understanding for how an artist ticks to be in a good place to really work him or her or them in a way which which fits the project. How do you come to understand an artist? <laughs> That's sometimes uh, not so easy. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, it's hard to explain because it doesn't happen on a on a rational basis. Like I, I don't have a fixed plan. Like this is my, my game plan, how to dive into an artist's DNA. Um, It just it just happens uh, and it it works quite well uh, the more you do it <laughs> with with gut feeling and uh, you, I mean you you discover patterns like like with all other things in life the the more you know the more reference points you have mm -hmm. and I hope I'm right to say that I could always trust m my gut feelings uh, in a in a very extensive way. So, um, yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's totally doable by just spending time together, speaking, um, of course, also sometimes, uh, uh, looking at the, at the, at the lyrics, but sometimes this can be a little misleading. So, um, the face the artist shows to the public, I mean, it's part of the picture, of course. And it's also very interesting to have a very good understanding of that, but it doesn't necessarily show you who the artist really is. 
I think that's a very justified and thoughtful way to look at it. So now you've kind of shifted into creating a new label. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we haven't started yet. So it's all in the making, you could say. Um, it's the two of us, Ben, my, my future uh, partner with this label, uh, which is called Circular Wave. So just formally, we don't exist yet. Um, but we prefer to, to take some time to get in the best possible position to start out because it's not our intention to be just another label out there. Um, we want to have, have an excellent start in order to, to make it grow and develop in the right way. And um, Circular Wave is a little bit uh, um, a visualization of, of, of our vision and of, uh, of sure. our common understanding. It's a little bit like... Um, quality over quantity like a little drop in the ocean can spread into all directions and um, and adds up and create a huge wave which then fills the ocean <clears throat> absolutely and uh, it's, it's it's more about the right thing to do in a smart way and not so much about firing all guns blazing without thinking or without having the right perspective or approach. Um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit where, where, where this comes from, uh, how we came to Circular Wave. And uh, we're going to start as a two-people label, but uh, we have our, um, our core team around us, um, many of them already existing, a few more to join us. So it's going to be a little bit like a core with a network. Sure. All happening on eye-to-eye -eye level because we also believe that that was lacking a little bit in the past. Like um, I witnessed the tendency that sometimes uh, you had to pick a business partner because it was something like you could call a necessary evil or necessary pain, which unfortunately wasn't to avoid to do business for your project but mm -hmm. i think we can we can set something up which in a common and mutual understanding is really helpful for everybody and well not a necessary evil but a partner in crime uh, on eye to eye level with a common understanding of how to tackle challenges and how to deal with people rather seek the right people then pick people just for the reasons of whatever name dropping or because you used to do so or something like that so yeah i hope that that transports no, a little bit uh, <laughs> the picture what, what we have in mind absolutely and so how do you go about building that team well um ben and me we've we've been working together for quite some years already now and um, of course, we, both of us have have our own network. We also have a common network, and you just connect the dots over the time. Like you already have a short list or a wish list of people out of all the nice and yeah 
sometimes not so nice people you you meet by by being a professional music marketer or A and R in Ben's case. Um, so you so you have your champions. You know your champions. Perhaps mm-hmm. not all of them, every single country, but you have a, an excellent ground where to start from, and your network helps to expand the network. Uh, it's just a, some last few steps before before you uh, have the the final team together. Then, but we will also be flexible in a way. It's not like everything's carved in stone. Um, The idea is to have something like a default solution, which we believe really works in many or most cases. But we also understand the need that different artists or different projects can come from totally different perspectives and angles and have different needs. So we are totally willing and able to adapt to that and forge a suitable solution. It's not like a one-size-fits-all thing, which just has to happen. And so so, so really the model you're kind of going for is almost a one-size-fits-all meets the ability to call out variations. Yes, exactly. I mean, we, we have our, our default solution, but this is not um, carved in stone. It, it still is flexible. So... Um, When it comes to, to deal terms, like, yes, we can do label services. If someone just wants to book us as, as kind of a service agency to, to take mm-hmm. care of A&R project management, getting the market marketing plan together and get it exe- uh, executed, um, that's totally possible. I mean, some bands need are probably more in the beginning of, of their of their career stage. So so they need a different approach and they pr- probably also need us being a little bit their bank. So like the financing thing uh, becomes more important for, for smaller artists. For bigger artists, it's not so important, I guess. I think they are totally in the place to um, target a maximum share of what's what's in the game and that's that's totally fair enough they they probably need don't need huge advances anymore uh, but they want a maximum share of what's what's happening so very different approaches or certain artists um, maybe very strong in very few selected countries sure. and are not really happening in other countries for cultural reasons or for reasons somewhere in the history of the band so we need to reflect that or we should be able to adapt to it uh, when when we talk about how do we set up the team and where's the, where's the emphasis and where's the add-on uh, when designing a plan uh, how how we how we can work together to to really give added value to the project and i love that approach um What kind of people... So, okay, so you talked about building the team. We talked about how you find those people. But, like, what role specifically is a label where it's kind of a core te- a core group of guys and then the rest of the, the team? What kind of roles are you looking to hire out? What kind of roles are commonly hired out? So we will definitely have, uh, standing very close to Ben and me, um, someone who's taking care of... Um, connecting all the dots when talking to the various territories. So in, in a major label, that position would 
probably be called an international PM or exploitation PM. Yeah. Um, so I would rather understand it as, as a hub where everything comes together, uh, which is closely connected to Ben and me, uh, because Ben and me, we understand our roles also as the ones who who set the, the overall plan, um, who come up with the more or less blueprint of what, what is to happen on a global scale. But you can't push that one-to-one -one into every single corner of the planet because... Um, Sometimes it's only the language, then you need to translate it. But in many cases, you come from different places and uh, the tonality um, is, is different, which, which you should use. So we need, we need locals, basically. We, we need people with a regional or local understanding of, of how their music lovers, their respective music lovers tick in their market and how to address them. Um, yeah. yeah, that's basically it. So... This is where 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 the most um, freelancers will 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 be like 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 the regionals or locals in, in strategic places. Okay, that that's cool, and that's not necessarily something you see a lot of in like the independent metal label world. What prompted you to prioritize that over, for example, PR? Well, yeah, I haven't mentioned it yet. True, PR is extremely important. Uh, we're also going to have some somebody for for the overall PR, and we certainly will also hire PR um, experts in singular markets. But uh, this is a little bit more on the execution side of things. Okay, so you're saying from my perspective, and um, in my thinking, I started with the with a core strategy, and then how is this going to be rolled out? In what places? And of course, that's right. Uh, to have PR pros on board is extremely important. In many cases, much more important than spending a hell lot of dollars on whatever kind of marketing. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense to me. I was just, I was just curious, sort of how how it all played out in the circular wave universe. Um, you, you know what I mean. So now we talked about. You know, the, this label is, is germinating. It hasn't fully launched yet. Right. What do you need for a label like this to be able to, like, get over that hump and launch? Well, as always, in any kind of business, probably not only in ours, uh, um, the hardest part is probably the early stages, the beginnings. And that's also why we prefer to take some time rather than to rush into the market and uh, only have the concept half ready that's not yeah. i think it won't won't be be a good um idea to to enter the market like that um what you need in the beginning i mean everybody needs some money to be uh, set up um and uh have something to rely on to to, to just start the business on a, on, on a solid foundation That's always an issue for every, for everybody who starts a business. So that's certainly an aspect. Um, but also, like, what what is your first signing or, or first first cooperation? Um, I wouldn't overrate that, but I know 
that it can um, send out a certain signal uh, into into a lot of people's minds. Um, so again, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't like to get over strategic about that question, but I know that's also important. Like, who do you start with? And I mean, partly that's in your hands, and partly it's. It's not because it just it just happens like if there's a very interesting artist who's not, let's say, the sweet spot what you stand for in your label, but it's just a, a, a fine and great artist we feel we can support and we really understand the project and are really, really confident to be able to give added value. And the timing is just, it happens to be like, okay, we need to get started we have a first track and then an EP and then an album coming and we need to get going right now. And this is your first artist. But from a PR perspective, I know um, it can have um, a great meaning for, for, for people um, looking at you, uh, witnessing, so what, what do you stand for? How do you develop? But mm -hmm. I mean, we, we give ourselves some time um, to be in a good position and I would estimate uh, that during the first year when we enter business we will probably take care of like four, five, six, maximum seven artists I would say and the combination of those they will already define what Circular Wave stands for and what you can expect from us at least more or less <laughs> yeah absolutely so what are you looking for in an artist you sign an artist needs to be an original i would say um i mean it's it's hard to be revolutionary in everything you do also when it comes to art i totally appreciate it when an artist um let's say refers in a, in a big percentage to what's already out there. And sometimes it can be totally sufficient to add those magical five to 10% um, inspiration, which, which sure. conquer new ground and, and, uh, Let, like and, and give another twist to, to, to what, to what you have. Um, so I'm, I'm not like, one of those who demands extreme um, revolutions when it comes to creating new music or even styles and genres. But um, to be a little bit off the beaten path is also something we would very much embrace. It's, it's the magical mixture, which, which you always have also when it comes to paintings or, or movies. Like, yeah, you need, you need, need, need to have something that, that people can refer to and a, a certain percentage of surprising elements. Yeah, surprises is probably an important word. When 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 music is not able to to surprise me or um, to have some moments, magical moments, which which can run a shiver down your spine. Yeah. Then it then it easily gets boring. I mean, there's there's a lot of boring music out there commercially, very su successful. Um, but yeah, we would rather, um, try to, try to push, uh, or, or, 
or hell projects out there who have the ambition to stand for themselves and be very original. I appreciate the clarity of that answer and it not being sort of the stand, some of the standard stuff you hear. That was cool. So you were talking about hiring out Circular Wave, being receptive at least to hiring out Circular Wave as a label services company. We can be a label services company. We're not reduced to being a label services company. Right. We can also play the role of a regular label. Right. What would be the incentive, you know, for the uninitiated, for those who don't know, mm -hmm. what would be the incentive to hiring a label services company rather than doing a proper label deal? Well, it's basically like you own your your masters when, when you hire us as a label services. You keep full control over your masters, uh, over your productions. Um, we are just uh, a quality service team. I mean, just, well, <laughs> um, yeah. hopefully the right one. And you just keep a bigger share of of the total revenue. I mean, the fa the financial risk of the whole investment thing is also on your side. Then, so the label is not a bank anymore, which it traditionally used to be. Sure. Um, so it's just a, a certain percentage or flat fee that's part of the negotiation, um, which is our share of the revenue, but the majority. The vast majority stays with the artist then. But I think it's also fair, I mean, regardless of the precise deal terms, whoever takes the financial risk should have um, this this financial investment reflected in the share, which, which has been agreed on. Yeah. So what would the advantage of a label be then for someone like that? You mean, sorry, uh, the, the advantage of being more a traditional label? Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's more entrepreneurial, entre entrepreneurial freedom. Like, um, and I, I don't mean that in an evil way. When, when we will be something you would call a regular label for an artist, it will be very important to us to be not only reliable and accountable and creative, but also transparent because... That's what I feel also was lacking over the last years. Like big labels were a little bit like a black box. So what's really happening there? What manpower does the team really invest into my project? Especially knowing that the tendency nowadays is uh, to amass a lot of projects um, into the company and and try to scale the business by just signing, signing, signing and license, license, license. Mm -hmm. And for a singular project, it's not very helpful to have like a few thousand or sometimes uh, five digit, six digit uh, label buddies because everyone is uh, competing with each other um, about the limited amount of manpower the label staff has to offer to do the yeah. actual service. And that's why I'm not a friend of this amassing of, of, of repertoire under one roof. It is always against the quality and against caretaking. 
Me, as Circular Wave, we are ready to invest in projects we really believe in. Uh, either because there's also already a certain proof of concept in the artist's history, but, but sometimes also more or less from scratch. Like we, we can also look at projects who, uh, which, um, which are at, at so early stages in their career that we might be talking about the debut album. It doesn't have to be the third or fourth album. Um, Yeah, but 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 then we are uh, in in terra incognita, totally, of course, because then then it's going to be a high risk for us. In certain cases, we will be ready to take that risk when when an artist fascinates us, when 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 we see the potential, um, and that's the benefit, of course, also for the artist. Because I mean, let's be fair. I hope the artist believes in himself or herself. Uh, But also the artist doesn't know, so where does it take me? What's going to happen with me? Uh, an artist and the artist team can only try to get the best possible team together for the specific case. Like, can can these guys do a good job doing and and and, and get some mileage on on, on my future? And um, when we feel that we are in a good position to do so we are there investing manpower creativity and also money and that's that's the advantage of a regular label that that they can do all now you're talking about putting together the team to fit the artist almost in a modular way do you feel that you kind of have a responsibility as a as a label owner to actually focus more on hiring freelancers and focus more on having sort of modular teams rather than kind of the traditional staff model? I think it's smarter in many ways um, because from, from, from a pure uh, commercial or, or business standpoint, you could say, I mean, there may be um, phases in the year when you are working three projects at the same time. Sometimes it may be five. Maybe there's a quarter when it's only one. I don't know. And so you have, um, you, you, you don't always have the same uh, level of manpower which is needed. So sure. it's, it's smart to, to be in a position where you can open a door and, and say goodbye for, for two or three months. I mean, We're talking about people who, pro who are, in the most cases, also have other business fields they're involved in. So in many cases, it's also easier for the people we hire not to be on a payroll constantly because they are able to pursue their other projects which they have for themselves or with other partners or other labels. So... Yeah, I mean, of course, sometimes it can be easy and you don't have to worry about any financials when you're on the payroll. But the tendency in general, anyway, is like uh, people, most of them at least, want to be flexible and look out for new projects. So do I have, cap do I have capacities to adopt a new job? And um, when you're on a on, on a full full time payroll, then it's very tricky to to do other things in life you you might be eager to do. And um, mm -hmm. and our structure allows everyone to have 
a few other missions. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's to the benefit of, of everyone. That makes sense. It's, it's just, it's interesting because I see, I've in the past couple of years seen this model becoming more prevalent. Um, and I'm always curious to see how some people who've maybe been around the industry a little bit longer the way you have, how they feel about it. Yeah, I think you, you cannot compare what we will be doing with what a huge major label is doing uh, because a huge major label needs a high amount of full-time employees because there's a constant flow of projects actually almost a little more than is easy to handle. So there's not really the question about how do I deal with freelancers. I mean, of course, also they hire freelancers from time to time, but it's not part sure. of the part of the structure. It's just a, a momentary need. Um, you just need to do it, but it's not it's not part part of the structure. But in our case, um, with with the with the intention to to combine the best of both worlds, which is uh, well the 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 leverage and the power almost of a major label when it when when it needs to be like that with a quick action and lean structure you you would be used to know from from a pure indie yeah. and both has advantages and disadvantages and well no surprise of course we want to combine the advantages trying to keep down the disadvantages i hope we will succeed in doing so <laughs> Yeah, of course. And, 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 you know, obviously I think every label needs to massage its way into what makes sense. Of course, yeah. It's it's uh, an organic development, which which we will certainly undergo. I mean, it's, it's more on, on, on a rational level, like what, what you, what you um, think in advance, how it's going to be like. And of course we have our game plan. Um, but also ourselves, we, we, we will need to be flexible to, to be in a good position to handle what's coming our way. So speaking of things coming your way, I'm assuming when you started planning this, um, the pandemic hadn't happened yet, correct? That's correct. How has coronavirus impacted your business plans and model around Circular Wave? Um... Looking at the prospects of, you could say, the business plan or what we believe uh, we will be able to set up in a three-year plan, a five-year plan, what's a possible revenue situation. Um, we are not so worried at all because when you look at uh, the, the recent figures um, from bigger labels, but also many smaller or medium labels, they haven't suffered a lot uh, from from the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible for, uh, for tour promoters, no doubt about that. And everybody else um, being very involved or even dependent on the live music side. So that's really, really hard. And I really, really hope that for those friends in the business, there will be a future very soon. Um, but for people dealing primarily with recorded music, I don't see a huge drama happening now or to be expected. 
Of course, um, when it comes to talking to possible cooperation partners, perhaps investors joining the constellation, then you can say the pandemic hasn't really helped, of course, because everybody's readiness to, to explore totally new scenarios um, hasn't really grown bigger, of course. No, that's, that's an interest. That's kind of what I was hoping you would reply. And um, I, I appreciate that level of insight. Um, so I guess, you know, as we head towards the end here, what do you view as the immediate next steps? How do you how do you grow this thing? What, what do the next three to six months look like? Um, I would anticipate it like that. Um, our goal is to start out hopefully January, but somewhere in the first quarter of 21. Mm -hmm. Like officially be there, officially start to exist. And the weeks and months coming up is like, yeah, I mean, um, polishing our, our business plan, talk to a lot of partners, but also artists and managements already. Um, and it's, it's many little steps it feels like little steps in the beginning and uh, you have to sort like, so what's what's coming first? And you have to wait for that. And then comes uh, the next step you couldn't take before the first step um, was secured. But it's like uh, a puzzle coming together. Uh, you can't put the pieces in the puzzle just in the order you would prefer to do. So um, you're sometimes dependent on certain pieces of the puzzle to come first. But you can work on the other pieces of the puzzle um, as uh, so as as soon as you have your decisive uh, pieces together, then all other pieces will come very quickly. Um, so we can we can think ahead on on, on various levels uh, uh, of of everything everything an entrepreneur or founder needs to needs to be prepared for. And we, we, we have our homework ready uh, when the last pillars are hit into the ground and then all the last steps can, can, can happen very quickly. There you go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been extremely informative. Thank you, Matthias. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thank you so much. Again, to Matthias Bluthorn for joining us on the show, dropping all that wisdom, sharing some deep, hard-won knowledge. Um, next week, we've got the guys over at Clandestine Music coming on to the podcast. So really looking forward to having them also going to be a similarly enlightening conversation. This episode was produced and sound designed by Brad Worrell at Soundwag. Music by Outburst and Killing Time, courtesy of Blackout Records. Indie Ninja's Attack is powered by Indie.Ninja, the freelance marketplace for the music business where you can hire designers, motion graphic experts, and top marketers to help you with all the thankless, invisible jobs that go into launching a record or career. Opinions expressed on this podcast may or may not be the opinions of Indie.Ninja, Inc. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? 
fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>